this time on Past Deadline. This week's news in 60 seconds and a conversation with Associate Editor Andrew Mullen and staff reporter Tess DeGainer on their coverage of COVID-19. I'm your host, podcast editor Ben Ackley, and this is Past Deadline, your behind-the-scenes look at Central Michigan life. Here's this week's news in 60 seconds. On August 6th, CMU launched a public safety app as an extension of the Central Alert System. The app, called Rave Guardian, allows users to receive information and chat directly with the CMU Police Department and Office of Civil Rights and Institutional Equity. In addition to the chat features, the app also enables users to set a safety timer when walking on campus, instantly share location, personal identification, and emergency contacts with CMU PD dispatchers, call CMU PD for emergencies and non-emergencies directly from the app, as well as opt into weather alerts and central alerts based on location. The app also features a call and content directory of campus resources like CMU Health, the Counseling Center, and Sexual Aggression Peer Advocates, or SAPA. On August 28th, Travis Russell Morrison was arrested and lodged at the Isabella County Jail. The 31-year-old St. John's man, who was arraigned that afternoon, was charged with aggravated indecent exposure, two counts of indecent exposure, two counts of disturbing the peace, and two counts of disorderly person obscene conduct. On August 27th, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. in parking lot 22, the man reportedly pulled up next to students in a goldish-brown sedan and exposed himself before driving off. After being put on administrative leave June 26th, Journalism Department Chair Tim Boudreaux is no longer employed by Central Michigan University. In June, Boudreaux was put on paid administrative leave following the release of a video on Instagram of him saying a racial slur during a media law class lecture about the 1993 lawsuit between CMU and fired men's basketball coach Keith Dambro. The words Boudreaux was recorded saying during the lecture were the comments made by Dambro to the team, not Boudreaux's own. Up next, we talk to Associate Editor Andrew Mullen and staff reporter Tess DeGainer about their experiences covering COVID-19 for this week's issue. I'm here with Associate Editor Andrew Mullen and staff reporter Tess DeGainer to talk a little bit about their COVID coverage thus far this year. So I just want to thank you all, first of all, for coming in and talking to me on the podcast today. Thank, thank you for having us. Uh, yeah. Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, go ahead. Why not? All right. I'll, I'll go first. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Mullen. Like Ben said, I'm an associate editor here at Central Michigan Life. I am uh, kind of been in charge of running COVID coverage and eventually election coverage as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I'll, you might also recognize my voice from another podcast here at Central Michigan Life, uh, Soundcheck, which you can check out, I believe, every Wednesday this semester, you know, starting next week. So keep an ear out for that as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Tess DeGainer. I'm a staff reporter with Central Michigan Life. Uh, this semester, I'll be doing a lot of COVID coverage with Andrew, and I will probably get into more enterprise pieces later this semester. All right. Thanks again, guys, for coming on. So I think we'll just get right into it from that. Um, everybody knows me, or should at this point. Um, so first of all, can you each just describe the big COVID-related stories you've been working on recently? 
Uh, sure, I will start that then. Um, I've obviously I had the cover edition uh, this this past uh, this today actually. I actually have a copy right here. Um, it's just kind of talking, getting the voice of students, um, kind of getting their thoughts about the whole reopening plan. I've also been doing a lot of like case count updates, like saying, here's the number currently, here's what the university's reporting, here's what the county's reporting. They are slightly different. We'll get into that later if you so, so want to. Um, and I, I also did a story about, a um, I think it was published, I want to say last week. I, I don't know, time is so ridiculously like crazy me right now. I can't keep track of it, but I think it was last week we published a story about um, uh, faculty and what kind of what they their experiences have been like so far. So those have been like the recently some of the big COVID stories that I've done. Yeah, and tomorrow, or I should, probably shouldn't date it. Um, I have a story coming out about um, how seniors are feeling as the fall semester begins. I've noticed that uh, seniors sort of have a unique uh, stance with everything going on right now because they've experienced um, what CMU was like pre-pandemic. And now as everything starts to unfold and we're open, everyone's back, um, they've sort of realized how CMU can improve and they've offered their perspective on um, how they've experienced this pandemic on campus so far. All right. I just had a quick question about that seniors article that's coming out, Tess. Um, how did you source the senior sources for your article? Yeah, well, as a senior myself, um, I thought it was important to get uh, both sides of the perspective, as you might say. Um, some people are really happy to be back on campus and uh, that's what they had hoped CMU would call over the summer um, that we would return on campus. Sort of a business per usual, but um, there's also the other side of things like um, they believe that there could be um, either different protocols or the protocols should be um, altered a little bit better to fit the students' needs. Um, so I was able to go out and ask my friends, hey, do you know someone who has either strong feelings either way about this? And um, I had interviewed some freshmen as well, um, which the story didn't wrap up to be. So I kind of just went around campus um, gauging where people were at. And then I'd reached out to friends of friends and um, seeing if anyone would be willing to share their uh, perspective with me. All right, cool. Uh, now, Andrew, you mentioned that you wrote this week's cover story. This comes out Friday, so it's, it's the, the cover that came out yesterday. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions. First, a question about that story in specific, and then a question about writing cover stories in general, because I know it's not mm -hmm. your first. Um, first of all, How'd you find sources for your story? Was it similar to Tess's? Yeah, you know, I, I was just kind of walking around campus and just talking to people, you know, and I know that can be a little nerve wracking, you know, especially someone, you know, who may not be a reporter. It's like, oh my God, going out and talking to people right now. Ah, you know, because, you know, COVID and whatnot. And obviously, yes, you, you want to make sure that you're, you know, following 
uh, you know, safety protocols. I, I stay at least, you know, try to stay six feet between people when I talk to them, you know, I put a mask on and whatnot when I talk. So it, you know, it, it can't be a little nerve wracking in that sense, but I think it's building is really important just to go out and talk to people because it's some of the best ways to, uh, to, to get sources, to get anecdotes, especially for stories like these. Well, the whole point of it was trying to give a voice to students, um, trying to hear what they have to say about, you know, you know, re reopening plan thus far. Um, not what, and it's not one of my favorite things to do. I, I funny enough, I'm can kind of be naturally introverted. I don't like, uh, just going up to talking to people and like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, it's not my, uh, a particular cup of tea but again especially for when you're trying to get a large number of voices in there that's one of the best things to do um you know the, you know the the issue um and we might get into this later i was finding into i was trying to get like a diverse range of views because a lot of people i spoke to were again people who were just kind of out and about on campus you know they were throwing a football around or they were walking down the sidewalks you know a lot of, the, a lot of those people who are kind of walking around and you know feel more comfortable doing that are probably going to have more of a positive you know like view on things right now they might not be you, you know as concerned as other students are which is fine i mean that, that's what they think that's what they think it's just you know trying to get that how trying to like okay let's go further it's trying to get more of that you know diversity of you know opinions is kind of was the issue so i had to make some calls as well for it um i know one i think the 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 the, the girl that i cite first uh my story i was uh she reached out to us through email and i kind of followed up with her on that. So it, it was just mainly just going up to students and talking to them. But, you know, there, there was a bit of, a, you know, extra points from here or there as well. All right. And we'll definitely talk about sort of the, the feeling that you're getting on campus, stuff like that. But before we get there, I do want to ask just more of a personal behind the scenes question to you, Andrew, which is, what mm -hmm. do you, how do you feel when you're writing a cover story? Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on something like that? Um, the, the, I, I, in a way, yes, there definitely is some added pressure to that. Um, my, my first cover story, um, which was about a local bar and music venue, uh, in town called Rubbles, used to be called Tom's Foolery. It was about that kind of history of this place and a lot of cool, you know, bands that I really like it played there. And, you know, I wrote that when I was like, uh, like my first semester here at CM Life, I was just a, a freshman at that point. And, you know, I was, you know, I really didn't know it at the time, but it's, you know, as I've gone through CM Life, I understand the journalism world more. I understand CM Life a lot more now, of course. Uh, cover stories take a lot, take a lot of work, not just in like, you know, the time, you know, they're, they're, they're typically longer, they're enterprise, not just in the time of reporting and writing, but also now there's a component of, okay, someone has to design, you know, the cover, someone has to, you know, you know, make the spread look nice and, uh, you know, try to, you know, you know, there's usually extra art in fall. There's a multimedia component to it. You know, you know, it, it, it's stressful, especially someone now, especially, sorry, especially as someone now who's an editor and I kind of help making sure I'm kind of this semester. One of my duties is to help make sure cover stories get together. It's trying to make sure everything gets done before, you know, like a certain time. Like we always want to like done. Granted, it didn't happen with this one because uh, there was a last minute change up. But, you know, you want to try to have that story done kind of like a week before we, we want to start, you know, designing stuff. So we have time to, you know, get design ideas ready, you know, so we have time to get arts. We have time to come up with, you know, maybe video or multimedia with it. Um, so 
yeah, there is there is extra there's an extra I suppose you can say amount of you know stress and uh, you know uh, involved with it because of you know you have to get it done you know you know a certain time beforehand you know and yeah you want to make sure I mean this is if it's going on a cover it's an enterprise it's a cool feature it's a it's you know it's an important it's a really important piece of journalism not to say if it isn't a cover it is a, it isn't important so of course not but um, you want to make sure you get it right so. Yeah, I, I I guess I guess that question is a pretty valid one. Like there is, it can be a little more stressful at times. All right. So back to the COVID. Um, uh, we'll start with Tess on this one. Um, but I, I'm asking this of both of you. You've obviously talked to a lot of students, Andrew. You've talked to faculty as well. Um, is there a general feeling that you're getting on campus? Is it, be it one of you know? sort of nonchalant or be it uh more concerned is there is there a specific feeling or vibe you're getting more so from the students or more so from the faculty yeah it's hard to generalize it uh right now because believe it or not it's still very new and everyone's adjusting like each and every day something changes whether that be the number of cases or the way their professor is now adjusting their class. Um, so I would say, based on the story that I wrote, that people are just concerned. Um, they're concerned for their health, they're concerned for their environment, they're concerned for their friends, and there's a lot of uncertainty. I know we've heard that word a lot during this pandemic, but we're still at that point where this is a whole new phase in our lives during this unprecedented event. And people are concerned for um, their experience and what that's going to mean um, each time they wake up in the morning. Andrew, what's the general feeling you've gotten here on campus? You know, I, I think it's been kind of a mix. And, you know, I know Tess mentioned it, or mentioned it earlier as far as, um, you know, seniors seem to be a little more, I guess we could say, teed off with uh, the university as far as how things have been handled because they know things, how things have been run in the past and, you know, compared to right now. And then, you know, freshmen, you know, they might not know as much. And that's, of course, not a slight on them. That's just, you know, experiences are experiences, you know. And I think generally, because generally I talk to people who live on campus, people, you know, lower, lower classmen. I, I, I talked to a number of juniors, but I didn't really talk to any seniors. So I think, um, I think, I think Tessa's point is a pretty valid one. That's what I've gotten. It's also been surprisingly mixed. I mean, I, I, you know, I was expecting, you know, talking to a lot of kids who are like, oh, this university is fumbling around. This isn't going to work, you know, but actually, you know, there were, I, I, I found it more the other case, at least, again, like I said earlier, walking, it's kids walking around a campus, the kids, you know, still kind of hang out with each other, you know, they're, Obviously, they're concerned. They're worried about going all online. They're wondering, you know, they're they're not happy with the partying. That's for sure. That was a, definitely a common theme, you know, that they're they're not for you know the parties happening, you know, in places like Deerfield Apartments or you know what we saw on Welcome Weekend, um, you know. But you know, a lot of them were like, you know, I was excited to come back, even if they were nervous in some way. I was excited. I wanted to come back. I like in-person learning or. You know, some of them is like, I actually kind of like the high flex model because I can go to class when I'm not, because I can just choose to stay home and take it online when I'm not feeling well or when, um, 
you know, or if I just simply just don't want to leave my apartment or whatnot, you know. Um, so, you know, there it's been there, there have been students who are surprisingly still kind of optimistic about this, you know, still trying to find, you know, some happiness, you know, in all this un uncertainty, as Tess said. Um, and the only other real common thread that I actually heard from a lot of students, and I, I imagine we can all probably attest this to someone, is kind of the atmosphere on campus, particularly, you know, walking on the sidewalks, what's different now? And it's like, yeah, well, it's a lot emptier. It's not as many students just out and about now, you know, like, and I, I, I've seen that too, you know, I'm, I'm walking down, you know, more hall, even like during times where, you know, I know I, there should be a lot of students come out of classes and they're just, it's just not there. You know, it's just the hallways are empty, uh, sidewalks are empty, you know, I think that was expressed through a lot of people that I talked to. All right. Is, is there anyone that either of you have talked to that has seemed entirely unbothered, just living as if this was another year? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. Uh, everyone that I talked to had brought up something that is new or something that they've had to adjust to. Um, I wouldn't say like an obstacle, but um, just a change that hasn't happened before, and they're now finding a new game plan to tackle it. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say anyone's unbothered. I think everyone recognizes um, differently um, on different levels, but um, people are recognizing what's going on, whether that be um, the cases, changes on campus, um, just how they've had to adjust their schedules. So whether people are necessarily upset or not, people are noticing the difference, if that makes sense. Andrew? Yeah, I am yeah, pretty much the same thing. I don't, I mean, most students that I talked to, they've had some, some concern with, you know, whether it be about, you know, um, you know, about going, reverting to all online classes. And again, like, you know, I talked to this one girl outside of Meyer, and she was like, yeah, I'm worried about, you know, maybe even if, I'm sure she was worried about the definite case numbers and disease before, but she signed up for all online classes. Sorry, sorry, all in per, like high flex classes so she can take them in person. And she was worried about like, well, most of them have already gone online. I don't want to go back all online across the school because it's just not, not the way she learns. Um, there was one, like, there was these two transfer students I talked to, you know, and they seem pretty happy to be here. You know, they're still, I mean, they're worried about trying to find stuff to do, you know, during this time. I think they said, even then they said, yeah, we have plans to like go like tubing or no kayaking, sorry, down the Chippewa River. So like, you know, they, they seemed pretty, they seemed pretty optimistic about the whole thing. But even then I, I wouldn't say that, you know, they're, I think every student probably has something that they're worried about, whether it's, you know, they kind of like guess the quote unquote trivial stuff like what am I going to do for fun what am I going to do to pass the time when I'm up here you know when you can't party when you can't you know do a lot of things that's usually here it's up to like the point of like you know I talked to a girl who said who said she was concerned about going to the cafeteria or leaving her dorm because she's afraid of getting the virus so I think there's a pretty big range there but I think everyone still has something to worry about all right. As a bit of a closer for both of you and in relation to concerns, uh, do either of you have any concerns about doing your jobs here at CM Life during all of this? And Tess, we'll start with you. 
Okay. Um, I don't necessarily have any concern about doing my job. My concern is um, the message that I'm presenting to our students because as, as we've touched on a little bit, um, people are feeling this pandemic on a spectrum, uh, whether they're really concerned, not concerned, in between. Uh, so I guess as far as my job goes, um, the way I do it, I have options. I can do it remotely. I can walk around on campus safely at six feet apart distance, wearing a mask, uh, stuff like that. So I think that my biggest concern is um, getting the whole picture for the student body and the rest of our audience um, at the paper, because I think it's really important now. And I've sort of noticed that um, other groups of people are, you know, kind of looking for representation um, throughout this time. So I guess it's just um, my concern going forward. And what I hope my sort of goal is, is to represent the picture as well as I can and represent individuals who I interview as best as I can. Andrew? Um, you know, yeah, you know, I, obviously that's, that's probably up there, you know, trying to make sure that we're getting, you know, a wide variety of student voices in here. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we wanted to do stories, you know, talking to seniors, talking to, um, you know, just students in general living on campus, trying to get their voice in there. We want to, and, that, and that's the issue, trying to balance, you know, like I said earlier, going up and talking to people in person with, you know, also trying to be safe, you know, I, because when I took my internship the summer at M Live, they were like, hi, like, I think I covered like a half a pro, half of a protest and I interviewed like a restaurant owner in person. That was the only face-to-face -face interactions I was having with people as far as reporting goes this summer it was with that like and i was there for three months so everything else was done either over zoom or through phone calls and i mean it, it's there it's not it's not a, it's, they're not they're not terrible i mean they, they you can still do good inter interviews just fine through them um but only doing that to me is like what, like how am i finding stories how am i gonna how am i really connecting with people how am i connecting with sources you know it, it it's tough and you know I, if, if, if what I've told reporters is please be safe. Please, if you think that this really, you don't really need to go, um, uh, you know, in person to, to interview them, don't just, you just do it over phone, but still, still go out and talk to people, still go out and find the stories and sources so you can, you know, do those stories. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it, there is a balance there. Um, I guess my biggest concern is trying to keep that balance, you know, and obviously I don't want to, you know, I, 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 I'd like to go, you know, home this weekend for Labor Day to get some stuff, you know, see my family again, and I don't want to bring anything back to them. So, you know, it's just trying to keep that balance there. I think it's my biggest concern. All right. Uh, I think that's about it. Thank you guys very much for coming on and taking some time out of your days. Thank you for having us. Thanks.
You've been listening to Past Deadline, a production of the CM Life Podcast Division. Every story referenced in this episode can be found at our website, cm-life.com. To keep up with us, follow us on social media at Central Michigan Life on Instagram, at CM Life on Twitter, or follow the Central Michigan Life Facebook page. I've been your host, podcast editor Ben Ackley, and this has been Past Deadline. Until next week, so long and stay informed.